Okay. Hey, Beverly Hills 90210 fans. Are you ready to dive deep? Episode by episode. Storyline by storyline. Character by character. As we break down the making of your favorite zip code. With your host. Charles Rose. Did I say that? Yeah. Mary Mullen. The, the, the real person. And we go, what? We're getting rid of this guy. Pete Ferrero. I'm feeling wonderful. <laughs> Kathleen <laughs> looks crush, TV crush worthy. Like so many special guests. And all your questions. Live on the Beverly Hills 90210 show. Oh, yeah. Well, here we are on the Beverly Hills 90210 show. Uh, it's me and one of the other survivors of the last couple of years, Larry Mullen. Chuck and I were last week when we were joking about, uh, we're still here, we're still doing it, we're still sharing these awesome stories. You were on the East Coast, though, huh? Yes, I am on the East Coast. How was your uh, trip? We always love hearing about your trip to the oh, East Coast. Oh, well, the trip is, you know, it's arduous. Uh, it's a red-eye flight to Boston from L.A., and then uh, we had we did have a car pick us up and take us to Portsmouth, uh, Rhode Island, on the island of Aquidneck, where I had shipped a car for the summer. And a friend of mine has a farm there, so I picked that up, and then the next day we kind of... Uh, we know we're going to be going to a ferry and you never want to have an empty car going across on a ferry because it's so expensive. So we loaded up with, you know, like 15 like bounty towels and toilet paper and everything on this island that we that we live on. Martha's Vineyard is so expensive. And then we finally got over. So, you know, it took about uh, 28 hours to get here. But it's always good. It's always adventurous. And then- I do know that one thing people really like to hear about is you starting your car. And well, yeah, you know, I have to say, you know, I have a car here. I leave it in August and I come back in late April. And in between, I take off the negative cable of the battery. Just take it off. I just unscrew it, put it aside. I come back six months later. I put the negative cable back. I turn the key. It starts right up. Oh, it's amazing. It's amazing. It's amazing. <laughs> yeah. So all is good. Now we're looking at the episode Fortunate Son um, today. Yes. And it's interesting because there's so many different things happening. We have Brandon returning to gambling. We have uh, this this woman who, and once we get our buddy Sherry Weiss on, she'll say exactly the woman's name. But we have this woman who Steve is... Steve, yes, Steve is working for, and uh, you said this, this scenario happened to you, well, so I'm excited to hear about that. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean... The whole thing we should just set, set up. This this is this was an episode that aired December thirteenth. So it was after sweeps episodes. So we've we've already had, and also after the departure of uh, of Dylan McKay. Also, this is post. So, and this is an episode almost like we're. Uh, there's a lot of standalone elements in the, in this episode because we really weren't gearing up the next big thing, which is going to be uh, uh, Kelly's cocaine addiction in, for another episode or two to the Christmas show, I think. Um, but the other thing is, this is an episode directed, I want to give the credits here, James Fargo. And if you okay. look at the writer credits on it, it's massive. We never have credits like this. But it's like Larry, Helen everybody Clay. that was with the staff is got, has <laughs> got a writing credit. credit. It's like Lana, Lana Freeman, <laughs> uh, Freestead Melman, uh, uh, Welpley, Eisendraft, and, and, you know, and then Jessica Stephen I's story. So, yeah, so this was an episode. What that, happened? Well, is that, well, we're not think, used to seeing this. Jessica, Steve, and I had the story, ha- had a story, and then we 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 uh, 
farmed it out to one of our freelancers, Lana Melman, who had done great work for us and, and probably did good work in us. But the stories were changing so quickly. By the time she handed the, story, the script in, it didn't apply anymore. Parts of the ones did, but we had to adjust because we knew we, we had changed. You know, it's a, it's a fluid thing. Uh, that's what was so difficult about telling 32 hours a season was you had to keep the circle small so everyone knew what was going on. Information was really key. So we always had small staffs. And so that information obviously didn't get out to Lana. And now we've got pre-production starting and probably we're probably in double ups, maybe the last double ups before Christmas. So it's really imperative that we get pages in. And uh, I think we just put everyone in. We locked the door and we and we wrote the script and 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 handed it in. And, and, and I never wanted to see it again, frankly, until 23 years later. I saw it <laughs> this week and it was terrific. I had no idea because I just remember how painful it was and how ornery everyone was and cranky. And I just, you know, you got to keep going. You got to finish these things and you got to deliver pages so people can board the stuff and do what has to be done in, a, in the double up situation. And it was a, a real pleasure to watch it. Let me bring in our buddy Sherry Weiss here. Uh, okay. She has been a minute since she's, she's been with us. Buddy, Professor, Sherry, Professor Weiss. Sherry Weiss. That's right. Thank you, thank you, thank you. She's very esteemed, probably the most knowledgeable person in the field, arguably. So you, Very kind of you to say. It's true. It's easy. Uh, it's and, been a minute. Uh, we're seeing your shining yeah. face. You look great. You're still in Wilmington? Thank you. Yes, I am. Yeah. Good. Well, I hope you run into yeah. my friend Sydney Penny. One of these days. Go to Java's uh, Jester's job. Uh, Jester's, Jester's Cafe. Job. Yeah, Jester's Cafe. Yeah, uh, well, there. now you just revealed all that, so now anyone who Good. wants to meet Sydney Penny will know where to go. Exactly. <laughs> Sydney, uh, her, her and her husband, Rob, they run that cafe, and I love that cafe. Oh, amazing. Uh, well, you Sherry, need to come down and visit us. I, yeah, I mean, you know, it's, it's all, you know, we, we love doing our road trips. It's just a question of uh, having the time, but maybe, you know, can't, can't count it out. We haven't made plans yet to go back. Uh, I will be in New York next week. I want to try oh, to get up to see. Yeah, I would. I do. I do want to try to make that happen. So, uh, hey, Sherry, it's good to see you. It's been a minute hey. since you've last been here. How is everything with you? You are you all good in in the world of the teen drama horror stuff. <laughs> yes, teen drama horror is going strong uh, for well over ten years now. Uh, my newsletter has a Tuesday edition where I'm rounding up the news and the links of everything that's happened related to the teen dramas over the last week. And so I cover Beverly Hills and Ontario, Dawson's Creek, The O.C., One Tree Hill, the original Gossip Girl, the Gossip Girl spinoff, as well as the Nano Tuno spinoff referring to the CW version. So if you're interested in any of those shows, I'm And I know you're a big fan of them. I know you're a big fan of that version. And like I said, she <laughs> is the professor because you're talking about detailed analysis. Yeah. Yes. Yes. There could be analytics in the teen drama world. She's got the analytics on this. It's serious so I, shit. I would definitely recommend that that Thank if you, you really want to dive Thank dive deep into that world. Um, uh, Sherry, did you see this episode, Fortunate Son? Have you seen this episode? Is that a rhetorical question? <laughs> <laughs> so yes, glad. obviously I've seen it many times, but I did just rewatch it last night. Good. Um, Sherry, I mean, Larry just went through this process of all the writers that were uh, in this. This was a lot mm -hmm. of writers that were were working on this. Um, other places may have just said Darren Star. So it just <laughs> that is true. That is true, and and I can tell you the reason that happens. If you go onto IMDb's main page for a given episode. It says writers, Darren Star, and it might say another name after that. If you click into the full cast and crew click in the, the writers section, it shows Darren Star creator in parentheses. Right. And then the writers of the episode. Yeah. But people who don't do their homework, 
giving the wrong <laughs> attribution. I love that. Um, but, you know, I did notice, as, as you guys said, how many names were on this episode, both as the teleplay credit and as the writing credit. And then I was even more surprised to see that Lana didn't work on any other series. This was her only show she ever did in her career. Oh, no, no, no. No, no. Oh, yeah. oh only Beverly is not a tunnel. Yeah. Well, no. you know, again, yeah. she was just a, 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 a FOC. A friend of Chuck. Friend of Chuck. <laughs> yes. Jeff Melvin, her husband, is a very esteemed director in Hollywood. And directed Amazing. Many, uh, he directed some episodes of us. He's also a fine polo player. But, uh, you know, like I said, I say no more. She was FOC, and, and so she did write on episodes. But, yes. We got to get Jeff. Uh, you know, Jeff Melman directed some really incredible 90210 episodes. So, Jeff, yeah, yeah, if Jeff, you're somehow yeah. listening and listening to this, come on. Come to the dark side. Oh, All does, these yeah. people have to come to the dark side, which is the Beverly Hills 90210 show. Come in the dark side. Oh, this by is the so way, yes, we do have news. It isn't dark. It's the light side. But we actually have communicated with Jason Wiles, and he's promised us to come on. So nice it's gonna, it's, it's Very coming close. The character of Colin Robbins, who's in this episode, mm-hmm. um, which we'll discuss when we get to it. But um, anyway, there's uh, something in the air, Larry, because even someone from season eight just recently said to me, "I'm so sorry, I would love to come on and do the do this podcast." So it's it's something is changing in the air where they're just gonna start. Now, maybe well, Dina Meyer will just show up out of the blue. It's some archival. Let's not get carried away, Pete. Yeah, that's like it. Yeah. <laughs> There's a bunch of haters still. Let's yes, I won't name them. Yet. Well, but let's go back to this thing about all these all these writers, Larry. I have to ask you, you, you. This is not typical, though, of an of a situation in the writers' room where there's so many people writing, and it's a late night writing session, and all of this stuff. What's going on? I mean, what what was the main the main story that was creating so much trouble in the ones that we saw in this episode? It, it wasn't the main story. It wasn't it wasn't the story. We're gonna see uh, Drancy in, in a second who plays Isaiah. That story w- was a standalone. It was the other ones which had to be adapted because we had changed different things. And I think I, I literally don't think we even had the Brandon story at that point. The Brandon Nat story. I don't even. I think we had just you know the, we had just taken our eye off the ball maybe. And so there were some other things that just had to had to be done. I don't think there's another nine to one episode that has this kind of a conglomeration of writing credits. But I mean, sometimes <laughs> it happens in comedies all the time because it's more of a table writing situation. Sure. For drama, it's very rare, and also rare for the Writers Guild of America West to grant us permission to do that. Because sometimes they'll just say, "No, that's too many writers; you can't have it." But in this circumstance, we must have uh, asked for it, and we won the appeal or whatever. So everyone kind of got covered for their hard work. And we needed everybody. Clearly, yes. I mean, one of the things that you guys do in this is we're just talking about the Brandon thing. You throw back to um, uh, Brandon's gambling stuff, and but this is great the way this is done because he's you know it's it's you you change the Peach Pit after dark into this casino for charity. It's a charitable one event, which then all the other stories come off of. It's in in a way, even though it was created such a hodgepodge, it actually shows the the goodness of of, of what we could do. You take one event and have all the stories come off it. So we had you know the sororities doing a charity, and so everyone's shown up there. So now there's going to be casino nights. So then that leads to Brandon's gambling addiction, and you know Donna's got to be late. You know, and then then you have the bidding for the, the sitting for a portrait of Colin Robbins, uh, who's he's going to paint your portrait between Valerie and Kelly Taylor is a wonderful uh, bit there. And we play that through, I think. So it becomes a major story point for us. Again, we we laid some seeds there, which are going to be helpful later when you're really trying to find story for you when you're doing 32 hours a year. When you are 
doing the Brandon stuff, there comes the conversation, I'm sure, of, well, we have to show Duke. We need people to know what it, we're even talking about. So now we have to go back to um, Duke's Duke, bad boy. And we have, we have to get clearance from Duke that this is okay, right? Isn't that how that works? No, he just gets paid. He doesn't get, he doesn't get, uh, from, you know, we don't have and to ask There's a credit for him in the it's opening credit. Yeah, yeah, he so gets, guest within this thing, he gets, he, they, maybe they did have to ask and he said we wanted a credit. So there's a credit up front for him for Billy Durham. Mm-hmm. And, and he gets a clip, what we call a clip fee, which we all love. Well, I'm sure he loved it because out of something he did all these years ago, he's just coming yeah, back. Yeah, yeah. So it's always a, a gift. <laughs> The um, but it's great stuff, and we get to see Nat in this f- familiar, you know, this fatherly sort of role because we don't have parents on the show anymore at this point, right? No, in fact, we keep them alive here by saying they're not coming back from Christmas, and then the unreliable narrators that we are, we bring Sydney back. I think yes, this, ep- this, year, this season, does she come back? Yeah, the show? very yeah. next yeah, episode, Angels Leave Heaven yeah. High. Yeah, so that's that's kind of what we would always do. It's you know, we love the unreliable narrator. Sherry, what do you think of uh, going them going back to Brandon's uh, gambling addiction? I love. I think Jason's really even almost b- a better uh, a better at being addicted to gambling in this episode than he is in the one from season three. What do you think of it? Well, of course, you know he's had several more years of acting experience. He started directing by this point, so he's just in a different place in his career. I love storylines that call back to years prior. I thought it was a great use of a flashback. My gripe would be that there's a continuity error. Um, in the episode, it said more than once that he was betting on football when the actual season three storyline was revolved around betting on basketball. But, uh, all these writers wow. in the room, wow. Boy, all I these writers so in the room. I relied on Steve and Jessica for that knowledge, <laughs> and they did not deliver. Seven writers got credited on this. Only you were able to Google back in 1995. You all, you all missed all it. Arduous long. process to research in those days. <laughs> I know, I know. You all missed it. We should have had some lowly intern rewatch the episode for you, but no. So there, there's that. Um, I think it's interesting. Yeah, that makes me even clearer that it was a late it was a late pick for that episode. Yeah, and, then we and it's just a bottle story. Realized we could have Nat and stuff, so I don't think we. Yeah, I think right. we're not so ready it's, for that it's, one. It's rare that we see Brandon being an asshole, and yes. Jason does it really well. It's rare that we see Brandon and Nat having an adversarial relationship or moments. Um, I think you could have revisited it if you wanted to, because in that final scene between Susan and Brandon, and I have to say, I love Susan's dorm room. I wish mine was that big. But, uh, you know, it's they say, you know, she's going to help him through this with his addiction. And then it doesn't come back. Ironically, the addiction we end up seeing explored during the season is Kelly's. Kelly's addiction. Net coming right up. Yeah. Um, Mm -hmm. That's interesting. Uh, God, we should have had you on staff, I think, just to help. (laughs) Um, It's not Just at least, just her and Darren Martin, just at least to remember. But mm, but in season three, it was actually basketball, Uh, right? We we worried about this. This is bothering you. I'm pretty certain that somehow that whole Brandon storyline came late. We, you know, I mean, it's like, oh my God, we could do this thing because we have, we needed pages. We were short, I think. Mm -hmm. We must have had to cut something right away. There was another storyline there we cut. Um, That's I wonder what that would be. Yeah. Well, I mean, but he's great at this and he gets into it with Nat and I love seeing him 
uh, <laughs> I love seeing Brandon have a problem. You know what I mean? Like, I love to see it being his own problem. And he, we just were watching. He was snippy with Susan Keats. It's, it's oh yeah, no, he, it's really under his skin, and, and it's how it really is sometimes when you have a compulsion yes. like that. Uh, and then the director James Fargo uh, did a really good job. You know, you uh, said you knew James Fargo. James, I know because we we both worked with the same orangutans. He did every which way but I'm lose. Sorry? What? <laughs> yeah, you know, I had a career I, uh, punching up an orangutan actor, uh, Bobby Barasini's uh, orangutans, which were Vegas headliners. I would go a couple of times a year and punch up their act. But they also starred in Every Which Way But Loose and Any Which Way You Can. They were, those were, that, was, that was Poppy, uh, one of my stars that I would write for. Every, each monkey had a different bit, okay? Some would go like this, some could goose you. Some, they were, you know, it, was, it was interesting. <laughs> they were lifelong friends. All right, I'm going to hit a check real out Monkey Mansion. Check out Monkey Mansion on YouTube. Okay, okay, Monkey Mansion on YouTube. Yeah. I'm gonna yeah, hit an ad. Vegas show at the Stardust and then I'm gonna hit an old ad here. When we come back, we're gonna bring a guest on yes. and we're gonna dive into the main story here, yes. which is of this episode, which is uh Donna and Joe uh going Inner well, city, we'll talk you know? yes, exactly. Well, well, well. When was the last time you checked out the Beverly Hills 90210 show shop? Because now it's loaded with so much more stuff. Did you ever want to join the gang at CU? Because now you can wear your official CU t-shirt. Or want to get into the fun with America's zip code? Represent with this cool swag. Or maybe you have an invite to the Peach Pit after dark and need the coolest shirt ever. We have loaded the store with so much more. So don't be a squeeze. Head over to Beverly Hills 90210showshop.com for all the latest goods. It is definitely time for some new merch in there. I'm wearing today. Hey, Drancy, I'm hey. I'm wearing today this old CU shirt. I don't know. I've got the I've got high school the, uh, version. Nice. Oh, I've got uh, my Roy Randolph uh, Royal School of Acting. Uh, and I've got the um, uh, Top Ramen shirt on. Uh, everybody knows Ramen. <laughs> <laughs> I do, Ramen, very much. What is All right, so doing? good, um, man. Joining us here is Isaiah from the episode, Drancy Jackson. How are you, man? It's good to see you. How, how has it been? I'm fine, man. I'm fine. Thanks for having me on the show. First off, um, I really appreciate it. It's been a, it's been over 23 years, so it's been a long time. Yeah. Um, but it's been amazing. You know, I I, uh, I kind of remember it like it was yesterday. Um, the experience was amazing. You know, everything, uh, the the love I felt from everybody on the cast and on the set was amazing. You know, we have a couple. I have a couple of stories that happened. Aaron Spelling was amazing. The whole, you know, just the whole the whole experience of being on Beverly Hills 90210 was amazing. Did you have to go through a uh, audition process? Would you have? Did, what, yes. what 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 was that like for you? To, to well, walk you know with. Well, how oh, old were you at the time? I was um I was sixteen or seventeen. Okay. Um, and wow. now and you 40, were playing younger. Playing eleven years. I was playing really really young. Yeah. Younger. Yeah. I I, yeah. After, I did that too. So I totally appreciate that. <laughs> well, look yeah, at Andrea Zuckerman. She was playing younger. Yeah, that's pretty good though. Very she true. was seventeen and playing eleven. Yeah. But, but, yeah. That's yeah. crazy. So uh, I mean, I'm forty. So yeah. So when I auditioned for it. Um, we went to uh, Aaron Spelling's office, and you know what stood out to me? I don't know if you remember, but you have to remember his the um the, I think it was a twenty four karat pinball machine. Do you remember exactly. that pinball machine? With, with all his, with all his hits on it, yeah. I, I'm yes. sure I was in the room when you read. Yeah. Yes, yes, that stood out the carpet. But yeah, I auditioned for the Aaron Spelling. Um, got the role. Uh, like I said, everybody was great. Man, Tori was great. Everybody at work was great. Uh, Brian Austin Green was great. I remember playing with him. Uh, we were playing a, a drifter game because all the um. All the power, 
on the side of our uh, of our dressing rooms were out. So uh, Luke Perry's power was out. I think Chief Amber Thesis' power was out. Uh, mine and um, I remember my grandmother at the time, rest in peace. Her and Tori uh, loved Days of Our Lives, so um, she let my grandmother yeah. watch uh, Days of Our Lives in her dressing room. So it was a great experience. I loved it. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Oh, so your grandmother was the one who took you down there. She was. Yes. 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 That's I still was a minor. Yeah. So uh, you're doing you're doing this show. You're showing up to nine hundred two one zero. I mean, were you aware of it? Like, were you aware of what nine hundred two one zero was? Like that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I wasn't. I didn't watch it all the time. But yeah, of course, I was. I was aware of it. Uh, it was. It was a pretty uh, popular uh, TV series. But yes, I was pretty aware of it. And I'm, when I got the part, and I was actually given the opportunity to be on the show, uh, mix that around. When I was given the opportunity to be on the show, and I got the part, you know, I was amazed. I was amazing because I actually am familiar with the show. You knew who everybody was, and where, where was was, and you said everybody was pretty welcoming right from the start. From the start, from the start, we had no issues. Um, I was the only kid on the set that day, I think. And what uh, was the wrong, first uh, uh, scene you did? What was the first scene you shot there? Do you remember? Was it the uh, the, the store? I think it was the liquor store. I think I yeah. think I think the first that thing we did, lame. we filmed on location, and yeah. I think it was it, we were in the liquor store. Yeah. Yeah. Your real life age is really interesting because if you were 16, 17 when you appeared, that's the same age that Tori and Brian were when the show started. Theoretically, so yeah. you were just right yeah. after yeah. them and they were just yeah. seeing the young actor that they once were a few years earlier. Exactly. And I, I, I knew the show was extremely popular, but, you know, even to this day, you know, um, not a lot, but, you know, not a lot now, but people are like, hey, you look familiar. Were you on 90210? And I'm like, uh, <laughs> Yes, I was. Yes, I was. So you know, it was a, it was, it's been, it's been amazing. I still get residual checks. So hey, I can't. I know it's a wonderful <laughs> thing. Uh, Ian Zeering says it's a gift that keeps on giving. Yes, yes. Uh, Larry, what about putting this particular story together? Why don't you talk to us a little bit about it? You know, it was coming out of the uh, Donna Martin's relationship with the other uh, woman on the court, and there was one of the, the oh, the courting, the, yeah, the rose. Character name and the actress name of Tembi Locke was a wonderful the character. Is Lisa? She played Lisa, yeah. And we knew she was a really talented when we cast her, and she's had a really big, long career, which I'm not surprised at all. And you know, we have a relationship, so we knew, you know, again, we're always looking for where we can find story. And uh, we thought we really had to, you know, and again, it's the show is Beverly Hills, I mean, everything we do is Beverly Hills, and so. You want to challenge that sometimes and one way is you know dealing with la stories and la stories and this is coming off of a lot of movies that you know there were popular boys in the hood and uh, uh some of the other ones it, it just you know we felt we had to be honest and tell stories like what would it be like if donna donna was down there could she could she handle it and could we bring some positive message and and uh that's what I, uh, you know in, in seeing how it played out so i think and also, this follows the tradition which Chuck Rosen, probably never seen the episode, always set up. He always had a mix of social social stories, you know, social issue stories. That, and that's what set the series apart. It wasn't just kissing, though we, we, we depended on kissing. <laughs> and there was kissing in this episode, I'm sure. But uh, we wanted to be able to tell honest stories. We wanted to be authentic about Los Angeles. And, uh, and, it, and it is. I mean, and I think, uh, you know, looking at it today, 23 years later, like I said, I hadn't seen this thing. Uh, I, I felt it kind of rang true, and I, and I really was happy the way it, it, it ended, the way we resolved it, because I did not remember at all. But I just thought it was kind of good. It was before they even people talked about pay it forward, but there it was. There was pay it forward. Yeah, and I actually agree. Like I said, I really appreciate being in that episode also, because it is a real-life issue, and, and it is facts, and things like that do go on, not only you know in our community, but in everybody's community. So yeah. it brought light, like you said, 23 years ago, to something that 
you know, it's still going on today. So it, uh, it, it, had, it had a significant meaning, you know, being a part of that because that's real. And that's what happens. And, you know, that was just uh, something that was addressed that people can relate to. Can I play devil's advocate for a second? Oh, yes, I'm sure you will. <laughs> Larry, what would you say if someone said this storyline was just, you know, enhancing the white savior trope? Here it comes. Well, but these are our lead characters, I, w- I would say. But I, like I said, I, I, I thought it was interesting, especially there was an odd, there was a scene that led, that was in the parking lot of the peach pit where they're coming back after the experience with Isaiah and his, and his family. And they're going, Oh, look, BMW, yes. BMW. And, you know, just realize we have a really, you just, what are you going to do? I mean, you're, you know, you can't, I don't know. I just thought that was honest of it. And I thought all we can hope is from is for kindness from people and people to understand people and walk a second in their shoes. And I kind of thought, we did that. Yes, we. You're absolutely right. It's the white savior, that that thing. But a- anything can be criticized. But we try. You know, again, we we put ourselves out there, and I and I think uh, I think that the heart's in the right place in the story. And I and I, and I basically because I think uh, Drancy did a wonderful job, as I say, playing this kid who's who's a basically fa- eleven year old kid who's father to these kids, and he was so mature and so impressive that anyone in that situation would want to help him. But the original moment of it where he's he's shoplifting because he wants to have a birthday present for uh My his little sister. brother and he doesn't want to pay the five dollars yeah. and Donna, you know, covers for him. That's that's a cool moment. And then Donna walking through the neighborhood and the local gangsters giving him some some grief there and him bailing her out. I just thought, I don't know, I was very happy with the way it went. And life should be like that, that, that we can build bonds that way through helping each other. Exactly. So you know, I remember yeah, that I mean, day too. I remember that day too. When yeah, yeah, we had the hood. Yeah, yeah, I was like, yeah. Hey, we had the local. Get- where yeah. you guys been at? And they were like, oh yeah. yeah. So yeah, it was very sweet because you just jump right in the moment. And uh, yeah, I was, I was, I was proud of our, our show for it because look, we could not deny it. I mean, if anything, we were a white, a white show. You know, we had no white, uh, character, diverse character in the main cast other than until um, Jesse came in for one year. You know, it just. It, <laughs> Uh, you know, but you know, but at the same time, you know, we ha- we always had rich, you know, uh, guest stars. We certainly had Chris Williams. You know, sure, we love Chris and all the other, you know, other folks who really, you know, added. See, that's to why the I want to, I want I want to say that you know, you know, because you know, Beverly Hills 90210. I was treated with the utmost respect. I didn't even see 90210. I just seen you know my fellow actors and actresses, and I was it, it was it was all love. You know, and that, yeah. that's how I felt, and it's been like that. And I've said that uh, before in certain Instagram posts. People are like, well, how was it working on Beverly Hills 90210? I'm like, it was excellent. It was great. You know, it was, it was work, and Tori was super cool. So Yeah, I want to hear about the Tori thing, because you have some really good scenes with her. Yeah, I wanted to ask you about doing scenes with Tori and doing those, doing some of that stuff with her and Cameron Bancroft, who was Joe Bradley in this episode. Yeah, yeah they were actually, like I said, they were especially Tori. She was super cool. You know, we, we, we really, you know, we, we really uh, had that chemistry on and off camera as far as acting-wise. That's why I came off. You know, kind of really, really good on film. Um, super down to earth. You know, when I say down to earth, like I can't really put you know a, a, any more emphasis on down to earth and super humble. And so it was really, really, it was really easy for me to you know act, act with her and, and, and communicate. And, and it was and it's just easy to get through it because of the type of you know woman and type of actress and the type of person she is. And like I said, everybody, not only Tori but everybody was so welcoming. Uh, and we were in the hood too. And like I said, it was just you couldn't even tell. Everything was everything was good. And, and I, I would uh, I would never ever forget that experience ever. ever where was the locations for some of this do you know sherry 
I don't know. I don't know. But there was a lot of B-roll, you know, that was used to set the scene. And as they were driving Joe and Donna in the car, you have the vantage point of looking out the car window and what she sees. And it's yeah. to give you an impression yeah, of the yeah, neighborhood. We tried to tell that story. And the contrast that story. with the... And I forgot where we filmed the last scene where uh, I guess my mom, the lady, the woman who played my mom, mm-hmm. we came and she, every, you know, it was a big hug and it was a big, you know, thank you, thank you. I think I'm not, I'm not sure if it was at a daycare, but I forgot. But I, rem- I remember that too. Yeah. Oh yeah, you would have had to go to school. You would be going to school a couple of hours. Going to school, a day yeah. Too. yeah, yeah, because we had the onset teacher. Yeah, and I guess the whole the whole gist of the episode was about you know a single parent, single African American mom, you know, leaving her you know her son at home watching the kids yeah. while she was working. Or so and that school. happens, you know. And like I said, um, it happened. You were in school. Were you in school at the time of this episode airing? What were people? How what were they saying to you after this episode of nine hundred two one zero airs? Oh, super popular after that. Everybody was like, oh, you know this? I was like, yeah, I was on 90210. And I wasn't just, it wasn't just one or two lines. You know, it was, no, it was, it was, it was, it was, it was a lot. So you were in the main storyline of 90210. Yeah. yeah. So that was crazy. I soaked it up like a sponge. So, you know, I, I loved it. I loved it. And uh, I was super popular. And then after that, that paved the way, you know, for me to go and do other things, you know, until life happened and, you know, I'm beautiful kids and everything. So, you know, um, yeah, but it was it was awesome. Yeah, because I don't. Did you have many credits yeah. before that? Before nine hundred two and zero, I I should have checked. I, it. I had a couple of credits. Um, I had a couple. I, had, I did a show called Mrs. Piggle Wiggle. Um, I did a, a remake of a movie called Piranha. Um, oh yeah. I, I think a Tiger Woods story. I played uh, a Tiger Woods. That was either before or after. But I had a couple of credits. I was still um, about three four years in, in you know into acting. But I, I started off running. You know, thank God. So I had some. I had a couple of things before then. That's good. And well, after. So. And so, what what's going on with you today, man? What are you What are you doing today? Um, absolutely uh, nothing as far as the acting, and, and I, would, right. I would love to get back into it. Um, I'm just not two kids, you know. I got a, a girlfriend, I got a household, but I think it's time. I think it's time. I think I, I feel as though I still have it. You know, I don't look forty. You know, I feel as though I still have it. So I um, think you could play twenty five. I think. Yeah, I agree. You have a baby face. You, you know, still. you got that gift. Uh, you know. You know, I'm still Screen Actors Guild, so I'm just, um, oh, hey, I'm, I'm open for anything. If you guys have any uh, ideas, if you guys want to get back together, <laughs> I'm open for it. Let me know. You know, I'll let you know on my work schedule and we can work around it. So, uh, <laughs> Larry, you know, just write him a script. There you I, go. You know, I've been out of the business since 2007. You know, you know that. But uh, you, you never know, know man. This I, could lead to something really good. Health, my health is good. <laughs> yeah. At least my stress level is very good. All right, we're going to say goodbye to Drancy, and then we're going to come back and talk about uh, some of this other stuff that's going on in this episode. Thanks Drancy, for being so here, man. It was good to see you, bud. With us. Thank you. Thank you guys for having well. me. I appreciate it. And, and, um, and also, again, you did such a fabulous job in that show. It was such yeah. a, a revelation seeing it. And, and just seeing Donna Martin in this tough storyline, which I thought, you know, Tori really acted beautifully, I thought. You know, and again, really satisfying at the end. Much Thank gratitude you. to you, Drancy, for coming on here and give it and telling us. And as Larry said, I mean, the work is phenomenal. Your your acting work was incredible at that age, and I would love to see you in some more stuff. So let's get back out there, man. Okay. Thank you. Thank you very much. All right. Good seeing you, man. Bye. All right. Let's move on to talking about other things that ha- are happening in this thing. The other thing that's going on is Steve. I mean, Larry, and I want to ask you this: Is this like is this kind of where you thought Steve? If you were to put him in a career post uh, college, post college, are you trying to lay this ground? Like he's working in a in a, in a Hollywood office for this woman. Is that? Do you think that's where Steve 
instead of running a newspaper. It's like a natural <laughs> a natural progression for Steve. You know, it's a bullshit job. You you basically earn your you earn ten percent of other people, basically. <laughs> you know, you do nothing yourself, but you get ten percent of a lot of people. <laughs> um, yeah, no, it seemed really real. There's something funny. I'm watching it. Uh, probably I don't know if uh, Professor Weiss noticed it, but there's at uh, one point there's a phone call, and in in when we first see Steve at the office at IETM, mm-hmm. yes, there's a phone call from Erwick. Yes, yes Jonathan of course, Erwick was our executive at Fox at the time. So that's kind of a little, <laughs> little throw out to him. You know, I was, was going to oh, ask Erwick, you about that. He's ahead of Hulu now, I think. He's well, what I liked world. about you know the storyline was that it peeked behind the showbiz curtain of what, you know, we as everyday people normally don't get to see. Now, you know, Steve picked up that copy of Variety, which is a, which is another meta moment. Because if there was news about Beverly Hills Line on Two or No, you're you're gonna read it in Variety. And here we are. Exactly. Featuring. Daily Variety was so important to yeah. us. Yeah. This is before the internet. In a store in a show where the stories had so many writers how does this one come to the come to the table? Do you have any thought on that? I mean, probably, I just neither one of us just wrote it himself. I, I might have just written the thing. You know, again, it's like four beat story. It's a four beat story. Again, we go. We, we need this Steve story. It's a four beat story. Uh, he's got to get a job. You know, and and, and again, uh, it does give a peek behind the, the curtain a little bit because there's a meanness to the business, and there's a but there's an honesty to it too. I mean, I I actually quite like this story in a way. You know. <laughs> It, it's set up well. Hey, read all my mail. Steve reads the mail. The girl's getting fired. He knows she's getting fired, and she's devastated. And and she does what people do, you know, you know, when they're fired. You just try to find someone to help you, help you find a way back in. Mm-hmm. And Steve tries, and you know, and and basically the guy says to the girl, it's "Great, though." And we have a little hashtag Me Too moment where you know, the guy says, "Did she, you sleeping with the girl, Steve?" Like he can't understand why Steve, the the, the top eight, he's going to bat for her. Yeah. He's helping her. She wants to know if Steve's sleeping with me. And Steve goes, no. He said, well, me neither. Maybe that would have helped, <laughs> which is pretty uh, pretty rough. But, it, but then in the next not... episode, we find out that he does have a mistress. Oh, the guy? The story. Yeah, in the next Oh, you're episode. right. He gives the wrong uh, Christmas he present. That's right. He does. Oh, yeah. That's great. Yeah, he's a kind of a, you know, this is what happened. This is what the, this is a reflection of the business at the time. Larry, but, um, but anyway, it's interesting. He I wanna... has to find a way to fire the girl. He has to find the right words, which I think is great. I want to ask you, though, uh, before we came on, you told me that this happened to you. And I know oh. some of us love our wrestling when we get into a wrestling oh. <laughs> talk. But this happened to you. The very oh. storyline well, happened I mean, to you. The, almost. The, the firing thing is, uh, you know, we, we've all been fired. It's a terrible it's a terrible feeling. But also uh, when people you know, OK, so my wrestling story was I, I get in WWE I out of Hollywood to go to work for the WWE, right for them. It's a big jump for me. All of a sudden I'm going to leave television and, and join the circus, basically. But I'm from theater. So I thought this is going to be great. And the guy who hired me, I really like he's a, he's another Hollywood guy. So he's t- you know, he's, we've all set the thing up. And so I arrive in Stanford and uh, and I set my pencils up and get ready with all my stuff in my office, share my office with Brian Gerwitz and McGon and all that, you know, Michael Hayes, all the heavyweights. And I get called upstairs to the guy who hired me. He calls me and says, close the door. He says, I said, what's going on? He says, I was just fired. <laughs> I went, oh, God, this is not going to work out. <laughs> this is terrible. This is the bad sign from the beginning. And yeah. But anyway, so this gal gets fired. Did you live in Stanford when that happened? Were you living in housing? Because yeah, we would. Don't forget the schedule was we'd write from like Wednesday to Saturday, and then Sunday we'd fly out because Monday and Tuesday we have live shows, and then we'd fly mm-hmm. back hopefully Tuesday night. But sometimes the fly home would be Wednesday. There'd be no day off, which I went what? Wow. No turnaround. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, uh, that was that was a, they don't do that now. 
No. But um, so 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 I mean, and Claire gets involved only through this storyline. She has a very minimal thing that's happening. Yeah, here. I, I'm not. Well, yeah, the Claire thing is is not great, but you know, she has a little bit of jealousy. It, it doesn't show her off very well in this episode. But Steve really does. I, I really like what uh, Ian did with this stuff because it's difficult to fire people and make them and not be a shithead about it. And he he kind of colors it really well like he does the guy challenges him yeah it's up to you if you want to survive in this business you better learn how to fire people and steve does a good job with it uh and steve would have been a good agent there's no doubt in my mind and we've talked um i asked this but we've talked about this before of like where you saw the characters going to that point do you think this is where you would have if you had stayed in season eight after graduation is this kind of what you would have had steve doing do you think well i would have tried certainly you know it was something like it would be something showbiz related with all his connections, his mother and his father. You know, I mean, you know, I mean, this is what we do in Hollywood, you know, nepotism. And we see him being explored this agency life later on when he becomes the agent to the CU basketball player. So that was where you guys wanted to go. You know, again, we weren't, <laughs> weren't thinking about it too much because it was just too much to think about on the plate. I never think too that far ahead, but other than to the next sweeps uh, round. Sherry, but, uh, when you think about, and then you've talked to Larry a lot for a long time, and Chuck, mm-hmm. when you think about what, because you have obviously watched the seasons all the way through. <laughs> In retrospect, I mean, in the time, I have no problem with the beat. I think the beat makes a lot of sense, mm-hmm. you know. But in retrospect, does that make sense to you that maybe Steve should have been more of an agent? Yeah, I can see that. Um, I understand, you know, Larry's uh, vision that these were extraordinary people and they should have had extraordinary careers and they went on to have rather ordinary careers. Yeah, that's um, always bothersome to me. I don't know that, that it bothers me in, in the same way. I, I don't think it's necessarily unrealistic for people to have a privileged upbringing and then when they're, you know, wet loose, they're in for a rude awakening and find out, you know, the real world is a lot much harder to get by when mommy and daddy are no longer supporting you and things like that. But I can certainly see, you know, you know, maybe today Steve is, you know, an agent somewhere. And I think Brandon could definitely be a reporter. That's totally. Oh, no. In, no that's to, he could have the paper for sure. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean. But, and he, uh, well, and when we left him, he was going on to the yeah. the Washington Chronicle <laughs> or the the Washington Bureau of the New York Chronicle. So it was immense. Oh, so he was going to run into Susan Keats there, probably. Probably. Yeah. Um, an esteemed yeah, career. He good. just started it with yeah. you know this startup paper. Okay, we got to talk about when the other thing. You're a dryer fellow. You don't start a local newspaper. <laughs> right. You don't start the penny saver. Well, you know, that, that's well, it was the, pe- it was the penny saver. It you was the penny saver. Oxford, you go to some other graduate school of renown. And also, well, go ahead. Well, I was going to say, Larry, because the dryer thing ends up being unfulfilled. Brandon wins the dryer, and we don't see anything ever happen to that. So, had yeah. you been there for season eight, what would you have done to stay consistent with that storyline? Well, to stay consistent, I would have had him in a very advanced uh, college program as partly, and then he'd also have another job, like interning with a congressman or whatever, something like that. Hmm. I think we would have loved to have seen that, you know? Anyway, um, we can go into that forever. Uh, The other thing that's happening here, which we're going to launch into, is this thing with Colin. Um, Colin is going to be... He's he's being auctioned because the other part of this is that they're they're using this the Kelly is using this same night this big fantasy night at the casino and all of this for the for the for Kelly's thing so now they have this big auction and Valerie and Kelly get into a uh, a fight in the auction for Colin 
Well, who's essentially, gonna a pissing who's going to paint their portrait? Yeah. 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 Or, or I mean, whose that, portrait that, is he going to paint? Yeah, he's yes. gonna, yeah, exactly. Which means they'll be sitting with him. You know, and it's kind of fun because we get to anytime we can kind of keep, uh, poke those two together, uh, it's kind of good. You know, it keeps it going. And uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, again, it's a uh, it's a useful triangle. Again, it's a it's a, be- it's a really awesome triangle. This was a really a very underrated episode. The stuff that's going on with Valerie because you can't be upset that Valerie's bidding so high, right? There's the part of you that's got to be excited, like, oh my god, we're going to be making more money for the charity, but also <laughs> you're bidding for Colin. You know what I mean? And then David and, and Valerie have just kind of started their relationship. That's correct, right? Sure. Yeah, they, it's a few episodes prior. Yeah, since a couple few episodes back. So that's the other thing with the risk for her. Then you know, and, and David's, you know, he's kind of wondering what's going on, what she's so so with uh, with Colin. But uh, uh, that's good. I'm just trying to get the other things in this episode that I kind of well, stood out. For let's me. just stay here for a second because I want okay. I wanted I had two notes. Um, one, first of all, I love that you had the real life artist on. Uh, oh, Peter, yeah, Peter Tigler. Yeah, it. Peter Tigler. I was hoping you would discuss this portrait, but you didn't. But I would have loved to know. You know, yeah. did he draw Tiffany from a picture, you mm. know, that he replicated or did she sit for him? Um, I think that would have been really interesting. But so what Valerie eventually claims is that she wasn't bidding on the portrait to have a long time with Colin. It was really supposed to be David's Christmas gift and that she was doing it all for him. Uh, Are you buying that? I don't buy that. <laughs> but uh, I, I like the fact she has a a, a backup plan. She has an thing. alibi, basically. Yeah, she has. Yeah, I think that's good. Uh, th- does she ever give it to David? We see Colin create it. Yeah, um, I remember that. And then he creates the mural, right? Was... No, no, this is not the mural. This is a portrait. Yeah. He does do the mural Valerie. at some point as well. Oh, the mural, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. later. So I the think. work leads to this. This work, this picture, leads to more work, right? Right. With, well, we're yeah. going to hook him on cocaine pretty quickly now. <laughs> you know, I noticed something else that this episode uh, came two weeks after the one before, which didn't usually happen, but we actually skipped a week here. Right after, right after sweeps November, we uh, we don't ever. Have how did this? Ever. How did this episode do? Do we know what the rating of this episode was? I would think that it would be just lower. Just uh, yeah. you know, probably wouldn't have been. You know, the Fox guys couldn't promote someone dying or something else, and it, it know, felt like a little bit of a filler episode between uh, Thanksgiving and Christmas. Yes, um, Christmas was the very next week. Just one question I forgot to ask during the Brandon discussion. And maybe Pete will have insight on this from a production standpoint. All those shots of the dice throwing. How do you ensure the dice are going to land on the numbers you need? It's a great question. Well, how many times it. are you throwing that? Well, I mean, you're not doing it with the main company, probably. You're probably doing that in a B-roll. Because they're so, insects. So you, so. Yeah, so they probably, uh, yeah, it's an insert crew. You know, just probably having to go through it. You know, just having to get it right. Just like when people shoot, you know, when Chris Williams shoots baskets. And can't shoot, <laughs> right? What you and told us. To continue to shoot till you, you know, hits one. Um, sorry, Chris. Also, come though, on the show. Come by on the, the way, show, how incredible um, Susan Keats looks in this episode. I know we talk about that every once in a while. Oh, she, she just is so stunning in this because she's wearing that dress and she's just like she's in this uh, casino and she tries to talk sense into Brandon, but he will just not listen. He's she really has her t- hair back in those scenes, which she doesn't often do. Yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah. Larry, do you have do, an opinion I do about like uh, Jason? You know, the, some of the stuff there where he really is like sweating. Like, hey, you're yes. sweating. It's it's hot in here. No, I mean, like, we really kind of play up that you know that addiction thing pretty well with him. I thought I was very you know he really committed himself to it, and it's credit to the director for getting that out of him yes i was going to ask you about james fargo 
and he never did he ever do any more 90210? I think so. He did one episode. Um were you basically Larry, were you basically at this point getting ready for the 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 next the Christmas episode, which would would have the which we have the like I said, this might this probably was the last double up of the season, I suspect, when we shot this. So so it was so we were already, yeah, I probably would you know, we were probably already shooting this Christmas episode at the same time. Um, and that one is which angels we have heard on high. That's yeah, which we have the outtakes for, or the that or at least Phil and I wrote that. Maybe somebody, yeah, I think so. Um, yeah, that was pretty good one. Yeah, we bring Cindy home in that one, and and Colin's hiding in the bathroom, snorting coke. Yeah, that's all beginning. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Anything else on your end, Sherry? A couple things. Um, Speaking of, of Duke, you know, we see him again in season eight, played by a different actor, drives me bonkers. Um, yeah. Fun fact, Tembi Locke, who plays Luke, you mentioned how she went on, who plays Lisa, you mentioned how she went on to this career. She actually co-starred with Luke in the short-lived series, Windfall. Oh, that's right. Um, oh, wow. Which yeah. was that series, too. Executive produced and created by Laurie McCarthy, who was a... A writer on our staff. Oh, I didn't know that. I mean, I have to tell you, I thought that show was really, really well done. I love that 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 show. Yeah. Did you did you watch that? I remember the promos, and I think I think the the premise is really clever. Um, Yeah. Yeah, and And Luke is so good in everything he does. So everything. Yes. Um, The episode I really want to see you guys do, and I think you've mentioned it in the past as a possibility for this season, is speechless. The you know the the framework that you know the girls end up in this convent and they can't talk so we're all hearing their inner dialogue and all of that had to be recorded through ADR and that's just so fascinating and it's actually juicy. This is when we find out about Ray and Valerie sleeping together and Donna's reaction and everything. I really hope you dive into that. Thank we you. are. Yeah, I do want to. So also, we should not forget that the. Other story in that the other main story was Steve renting the Walsh house out for a porno. Yes. And there's also a Dylan and Tony component as well. Yes, yeah. We do have to cover this. I would love it to do it with uh Tori minimally. You know what I mean? Well, and then Kathleen would be good. Tori too, and Kathleen would be yeah. great. Tori and Jenny would be great. You know what I mean? Uh, I have to ask Professor Weiss, have yeah. you watched the Roku channel? Swimming with Sharks series that Kathleen. I haven't. I don't have. I highly recommend it. It is fantastic. I totally was impressed with what she did with this thing. Well, I've been gathering a lot of articles. Of course, she can't. She can't top it now. Uh, (laughs) She has to create something alternate, but it's terrific. It really is. And the girl in it, it it stars the girl from Mad Men, the young. She's so great. She's really good. And the cast is good. Donald Sutherland's in it. Donald Sutherland is so is Kathleen. Is so good, Donald Sutherland, in this thing. Oh you know what I mean? God. He's just it's so. Cra- there, there are sex scenes in here that I have never imagined. <laughs> and you know Noted. me. And you know okay. me. I mean, okay, so this is big praise. Okay. No, so it's inspiration it's... for the next book. <laughs> my book is out now. You actually can get it on Kindle, uh, the new book on Kindle today, I think, today. Uh, and with that in mind, everything's right in it now, right? The the, the words are correct. Yes, I finally got the Amazon. Is, it, Amazon doesn't have the heart. It uh, doesn't have the paper book yet for the price that I want. I want because they just have the secondary sellers. But the Kindle version is available for under five dollars. I would just grab it and read it. And just love this book, Road to Shambhala. It's on the that, final. On it, the it completes note- the Max Dean trilogy. When you Peter's never read one book, so it's. Cool. <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm excited to dive in. I mean. Uh, Larry, I do want to say you sent me a message to send to Kathleen about how much you loved it. 
And then she did say to to me to tell you that she thought that you were one of the one of the people that really got her and got the Claire vibe. Mm-hmm. And uh, I thought that was a really yeah, nice, I, you know, yeah, it was a really nice thing that that you both had that I little moment. That. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, mean, I, I could do it directly, but I just kind of thought it let it go through you. Yeah, uh, well, I, I mean, but to, I, I don't want to talk about. It. Yeah, she does a great job, and she's in it too. She she's you know quite uh, good in it. Well, Oh, you mean in this swimming with no, sharks? She's, she's in swimming with sharks. She is. Yeah, has, mm-hmm. I mean, she kind of small part, but it runs through. Oh, I think it's an, it's a critical part too. And um, but just that she has always told me that you were someone that was, uh, that was really always well, getting. I, it, I put know. the the handcuffs on her, <laughs> and and I thank you for that. So, yeah. <laughs> okay, this has been a great episode. I do want to cover speechless, Sherry. Anything else that you want to bring to the table here? No, just thanks for having me back on. I really appreciate great to it. Hear you. No, it's great to and have you. And thanks for challenging on the on the uh, you know the, you know the you know the the white savior stuff, which is mm-hmm. you know we didn't even have that word then, but we, and, right. And, and so it God. makes me curious, and, you know, what would you do differently today, if anything? I don't know. I thought I thought because it was even handed. I thought in a way, you know, they both saved each other. I thought that, and we, that the was, Lisa character represented that point of view. She pushed back on Donna and said, you know, yeah. We don't need Saint Donna, you know, exactly. coming into this family's life. So you you did represent that viewpoint. And it's amazing we 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 had that oversight that you know because it wasn't particularly enlightened time, particularly, mm-hmm. you know, where you know where it would have stood out, you know, where, you know, obviously. But no, I thought I thought because it was everyone was helping everyone there in a way, and that was good stuff. But I thought also, you know, because. We we use the whole idea of the court a little bit too, you know, like people in the court, right. the princes help each other. She's covering for Lisa at the store, and it just seemed very organic in a certain way. And and having Joe there and worrying about her, and all, you know, I get, I get, I thought we got full marks on that from a show that again was so hodgepodge when we put it together. Literally, it was like a jigsaw puzzle. Uh, people just you write a couple of beats here, I go, I'm gonna meet back here in an hour, and we gotta just start putting it together and just run it through. Well, to your credit, you wouldn't know that watching it. If had no, you not I know. Seen, That's you know, why I was amazed. I was that. afraid to watch it, frankly, Sherry. Because <laughs> it just one that kind of, we felt, got away. It just kind of fell between the two bigger, right after sweeps. So it was a, and, and, and again, we it probably, it was double us. We probably were concentrating on the other episode. Because James mm-hmm. Fargo was not a go-to, epi- go-to director for us. He only did one other. So. Yeah. But what was the other episode? I'll tell you in one second, but it was this season as well. Oh, this season as well. Okay. Yeah. Um, and I do know people love Larry when you. Oh, watch. I think it was a snow one. Like it was like all this and Mary too, maybe. Yes, it was. Yes, that is it. Yeah. yeah. Another another forgettable episode. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> all right, this has been great, guys. Um, we will be back uh, next week. I don't know with what. I have no idea. I think we had something in mind, but I totally forgot what it was. We have so. to uh, get Jason, uh, dear Jason Wallace, a date. We have to give him a couple of dates and let him pick one. But yes, we really want him on. He says he's going to go on. Um, we wish him the best. He's a good guy. Yeah, we love Jason Not Wallace a hater. Here. Not a hater. He's not a hater. Well, but <laughs> well, we, oh, but, <laughs> That's how we got him. Uh, All right. So anyway, uh, this was great. Good seeing you, Sherry. Thank you so much. And Good to see you, Sherry. Best to you. Be back next week with gestures. more Beverly Hills 902 Show. <laughs> yes. Bye-bye. Bye.